This is a Triple J podcast. First week, here we are. I got to say, if that's any indicator of what the rest of the year is going to be like, strap in. G'day, Dave Marchese with you for the Shake Up podcast. Favorite part of the week. We love this podcast because it's where we get to have a bit of fun, put our feet up, relax, talk about some of the weirder stories, maybe, or unpack some of the bigger ones with a couple of great minds. It's a massive show ahead. We've got a lot to discuss on this podcast. Here's a bit of a taste of what's coming up. Pack. More cash in your pocket soon. That is the pledge of the Albanese government. Wait, what? All of these artists are leaving TikTok? Margot Robbie is breaking her silence after her Oscar nomination snub. On Triple Jack. Oh yeah, tax cuts, broken promises, music blow-ups, eavesdropping moments. There's so much in this one. But it's not just us dissecting this week. The shake-up is a team sport, and I'm always joined by some of the best, the brightest, the funniest. So let's meet our crew this week. And firstly, from Parliament House in Canberra, political reporter at The Australian, Sarah Ison. How are you? Yeah, you know, almost back in it. Sitting's <laughs> back next week. I'm fine. I'm so fine. How I'm do, so fine. How do, oh, I can say, yeah, you're just saying it enough that I really exactly, believe you now. Exactly. How does it feel at this time of year? You're waiting for the politicians to get back. Yeah. Exciting or is it a bit nerve-wracking or you're just like, oh, we're here again? Uh, a bit of both, I guess. <laughs> I think my colleagues and I were uh, really commenting on how the last, not just the last week, which was pretty nuts, but even the last couple of weeks felt almost like the election trail. We were seeing Albanese in hard hats and high vis in like all these different states and we were kind of like wait what time of year is it where are we what's going on well, so you know what the election's set down for next year but then there's some whispers going around that maybe oh, it could be early it could be Dave, this year no i'm getting married at the end of this year i will not hear a word of it it's gonna be a full term it's not right? happening it's not <laughs> happening well hey let's go and meet our other shake-up favorite comedian and just all-round lovely guy lewis garnham how are you I'm great. Thanks for having me, Dave. How are you? No, I'm good. I'm always happy. Friday, best day of the week. We love it. Lewis, you've got heaps going on at the moment. I was checking it out. You've got a big tour coming up. You've got a YouTube special. What's happening? Yeah, I'm I'm really stressed. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm just I've, I'm doing trying to do too many things at once, um, and it's stressing me out. But I'm really excited about my tour. I'm going to Adelaide Fringe, Melbourne Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival, um, Brisbane Comedy Festival. Oh, that's packed. Yeah, I think what it'll about be cool. Canberra, mate, you got to come to the big the big t- capital territory. Come on down. I do. I was in Canberra <laughs> mid year last last year. Yeah, and it was great. It was so good. I'm not. I'm not snubbing Canberra <laughs> intentionally. You can say um, it, I won't believe it. <laughs> I'll be there later in the year. Canberrans, they get sensitive about that stuff. You've got to be careful, Lewis. You can't come out dropping well, cities I'm, and leave them out. I'm from Adelaide originally, so I'm I'm very familiar with like small cities having a complex about people not visiting them enough. I know that feeling. So much of the time I've been having in the last couple of weeks drop-down menus that include every state and territory, even the NT, but just not the ACT. (laughs) I'm like, guys, we're here. Sarah, this is not a shake-up topic. This is not a shake-up topic. But, hey, we do have so much to get into. We've got to start pushing because it's a lot. Hack. He knew he was going to change them and he lied, but I do think that's already getting tired. On Triple Jack. Are we ready to kickstart the political year? The fighting, the insults, the scandals, it's all coming for us. 
This week really did feel like we got a bit of a taste of what the next 12 months is going to be like. A lot of it centering on the Prime Minister's decision to change his mind on some controversial tax cuts. We covered that on Hack this week. The opposition is now telling Australia he's a liar, saying he's broken his promise, he can't be trusted. But with young people generally set to benefit from this change, the question is... Do you care? Hack. The Prime Minister is under pressure this morning as speculation mounts. He's about to break an election promise. Our government will deliver a tax cut for every single Australian taxpayer. I mean, this is an egregious breach of trust with the Australian people. Well, this is a bigger tax cut for more people to help with the cost of living. For everyone who's Gen Z or a millennial, this is an attack on your aspiration for the future. They ran on an election promise, but promise politics sucks. It isn't a good way to run a country, and it doesn't make someone a good leader. On Triple J. Yeah, it's shaping up to be an intense year, and you can just see it. Anthony Albanese, Peter Dutton trying to win the public in the race to the election. The stage three tax cuts, very controversial. The government promising it wouldn't forge... um, Yeah, it would forge ahead, sorry, with the original plan to give more money back to the richest Australians, but now saying, no, no, adjusting the plan, going to give more back to low and middle income earners. What do you think? Does it annoy you when politicians don't follow through with promises? Or do you think it's a good thing? You like to see leaders be more flexible with their policies. Call in 1300 555 You can message in as well, 0439757555. Hey, we've got to get into it with the Shake Up crew. We've got political report out the Australian Sarah Ison and comedian Lewis Garnham. Sarah, I have to start with you with this one. You are a political reporter. What is your read? Is the Prime Minister going to win over Australia with this or is there a chance he's massively misjudged? Uh, well, look, I think it is one where I think it might be okay, frankly. A lot of people are really feeling the cost of living pinch. And I think when it comes to a policy that is going to benefit so many, that is the way to, I think, weather a lot of the attacks that are coming on him. I think particularly where a lot of people might sit might be something kind of like Kate Cheney was talking about. She's the independent in WA who, who took actually a pretty liberal seat. And she was saying, you know, we can't say you can never change your mind on anything as a politician. Like that's never going to work and mm. we can't hold that standard. I think that sentiment does resonate with people. And uh, the Prime Minister saying you know, situations changed, your lives got harder, so we did something. I do think that message does hold weight, but they are going to have to weather a bunch of political punches from the coalition who's going to talk about, you know, the fact you can't trust them on anything now because they've broken one promise. Yeah, you can just see that coming. I mean, we've got messages coming through. Someone says, so he gets ridiculed for keeping uh, the terrible setup of the stage three tax cuts. Then he changes them to be more beneficial for more Australians and gets ripped apart for that. That's someone's opinion there. Lewis, is tax something you spend a lot of time thinking about generally? <laughs> no, not really, to be perfectly honest. Um, you nah, are I'm now, not really... though. What's that? You are now, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it and I'm probably, I don't know, I'm just sort of in that, uh, like, that state of mind where um, I... I see people's frustration about breaking promises, but I also don't really understand how you can't have empathy for low-income earners in in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis. And if he's making a decision that benefits the people who need it the most in any way, I just think that getting really annoyed about that is is really mean-spirited and shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> simple, simple way of putting it, Lewis. I mean, they're your words. You've got some other words coming through on the text line right now. Liv says, I think it's a double-edged sword, really, as long as they follow through with the end result. Another person says, honestly, I couldn't care less. Understanding tax is complicated enough as it is. That was from Andrew in Gleniness. Another person, the tax changes Alvo made are clearly more fair and a benefit for more people. That one was for Josh. And another person says, if young people are getting more money, good for them. They need all the help they can get. Sarah, the interesting thing for me is how the opposition really is going to deal with this. Because at first glance, it seems simple. It's like, oh, okay, you call him a liar. uh, You run with that line for the whole year until the election. But then it's like, where are you going to stand? Like, can Peter Dutton actually argue against the changes and for a bigger tax cut for the country's richest when the majority of Australians will be looking on going, what about me? Yeah, I mean, this is pretty fascinating, this particular point regarding the coalition. Uh, I was talking to uh, a colleague about how they kind of have been accusing Labor of probably not going to be sticking to this this uh, promise of stage three. They've been accusing them about for this uh, for months, really. Uh, but now that it's happened, they sort of seem caught on the back foot. And the reason is because Labor didn't just ditch this stage three policy that the coalition legislated. They actually restructured this whole thing for the middle, um, low and middle income earners. So it's not that clear cut for the coalition. Mm. And now you have a coalition, the party of lower taxes, that is faced with this legislation that they are going to have to vote for or against. Now, it's actually a pretty big split from backbenchers and even some frontbenchers who I'm talking to. There are a bunch of people saying, man, I'm not going to stand up and shout against tax cuts that are actually going to benefit so many of my constituents. But then you've got others saying, well, if we do let this go through, we're saying it's a really good policy and we're saying it might be better than our policy and we're saying that, you know, the, the lies and the broken promises of the PM are okay. We can't do that. We need to be, you know, courageous and, and oppose it. So it actually is unclear as to how the party will go, particularly depending on where the Greens land, if they feel like they can vote against this but the change will still go through might play into their thinking as well. Okay. And I mean, Sarah, the other thing that I imagine that the government's thinking about is the whole idea of can the PM be trusted? Did he Mm. break an election promise? I mean, other Labor prime ministers have struggled with this in the past, like Julia Gillard with the carbon tax. They must be thinking about that. Yeah, I think so, because it is something that can hang over a government for quite a long time. I mean, we've seen it in the immediate days uh, since the PM made this announcement. He's now getting grilled on all kinds of policies, right? Negative gearing comes to mind and others. And when the PM or the Treasurer or whichever minister stands up and is asked these questions, they go, no, 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 this has nothing to do with that, or no, there's absolutely no way we're touching those other things. It's sort of taken with um, a pinch of salt from both the press gallery and also, you know, the opposition and also members of the public. And that's that that uh, the fallout essentially, of, of having a broken promise like this. Especially, you know, they're midway through their term, how long the coalition keeps weaponising this, how effectively uh, in the last 18 months of their term is something they're going to have to really think about before Australians start heading to the polls. We've got some more messages coming through on the shake-up. Someone says, this is not a broken election promise. Albo still went through with stage three tax cuts, just improved them. That's someone's message there. Paul from Newcastle says, we shouldn't be changing tax, we should be benefiting people through Medicare. 
care changes and public housing. That was something we heard uh, a lot from people when we were speaking to the Prime Minister earlier this week on Hark saying, look, not against people getting uh, more, but maybe in a different way. Maybe services need to be beefed up. Uh, Courtney from Nunnawal Country, ACT represent, she says, I think that one's for you, Sarah, <laughs> says progressive taxation is one of the best hints about Australian uh, society. Politicians never keep their promises, so this instance of agility is a good outcome. Lewis, I want to ask about that. Do you think people generally care about pro- politicians breaking election promises? Like for you, for example, is it something you think a lot about or you're just like, oh, I expect that anyway? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I do expect it, but I don't think we should necessarily expect it. I think that like transparency is really important and on a more human level, transparency about your morals and your values. Like I'm less annoyed about this than I am about like say Palestine and the fact that Anthony Albanese used to be a supporter of Palestine. Sorry, I know that's not on the thing, but just as an example, like changing your values over your career in politics in such big fundamental ways. I mean, there's heaps of politicians that do that. Most of the most successful ones do that over time. You know, I'm sure Obama's policies in his early years changed very much from when he became president. So just like as a general thing about politics, I think that that is what upsets me. Not breaking an individual promise when you see that, like, the situation's changed, but your values seeming to be, like, uh, eroded over time throughout your political career, that really upsets me. Well, it's interesting you say that because we did actually ask Albo about that very issue and about his stance throughout history and, you know, very uh, much earlier in his career he would go to uh, rallies in support uh, of of Palestinians uh, and, you know, he said, oh, I'm still very vocal about those issues. He had an answer about that. We've got messages coming through. Someone says, if the economic situation hadn't changed since the Morrison government legislated the stage three cuts, then they wouldn't. They would be happening. Fletch from um, the Bunurong country says, Albo was always going to break that promise. I would have um, been pissed if he hadn't broken this one. That was Fletcher's view. And Lucas from Zetland says, so they want us to stop spending to stop inflation then they give us tax cuts. Won't that add to inflation? So confusing. Well, look, on hack over the next few months, we're going to be talking to economists. We're going to be breaking this down because it is complicated. Tax can be very tricky, but we need to be across it. Sarah, it's not just Australia, right? Because the US is gearing up for an election too. A lot of big votes happening around the world this year. Donald Trump worried about Taylor Swift. Did anyone expect that? He's saying, oh, you know, he's saying, I'm more popular than her. I'm worried that, you know, she's going to be stealing votes and and out there influencing people. Did you expect that this would happen, that we'd be seeing so much come out of the US election this year, Sarah? You know, like, I've been in politics, in Australian politics federally for a few years. I think, like, even on looking at stuff internationally, I do that quite a lot. And yet I'm still so surprised. Like I just read the headline three or four or five times and I was like, why? I don't understand. Why are we? And then there was all these like conspiracies about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. And then I went down another rabbit hole. It was a whole thing, man. And I mean, it was a lot. I was in America in October. I found it really interesting that uh, really um, average, average people, I guess, like some really nice Uber drivers I had and people who were really great and we had good chats and were on my level. They were just so keen for a change. I, I wasn't expecting that. That happened a lot in DC and Washington, which is pretty progressive at times. And it was a real kind of unexpected 
uh, excitement or, or hope that Trump might come back, which just blew me away. I was like, I'm in Washington. Like, you guys are all really cool and intellectual and, like, very... You seem quite progressive, but there's a real keenness for for uh, for a shake-up or a change that, yeah, like I said, I wasn't expecting. Uh, more so than that, don't know why Taylor Swift's uh, being brought up in the, in the US uh, election, but, you know, anything to keep it interesting, I suppose. It's uh, it's interesting. Hey, right? Taylor Swift always makes an appearance in every topic, really, and actually that is the perfect segue into our next topic. Hack. This is a Goliath versus Goliath battle. On Triple J. If you're big on TikTok, it's probably feeling a bit different today. Maybe you've noticed, because... After a massive threat earlier this week, music giant Universal has followed through. People weren't sure whether it would happen. It has. It's removed music by some of the world's biggest stars, including Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo from TikTok, after a licensing agreement expired and negotiations broke down. So what does this mean for TikTok? And is it all a bit awkward on there now? Holy shit, they actually did it. Taylor Swift's music on TikTok is now gone. Universal Music Group is set to remove their artist's music from TikTok today. If you're a regular TikToker, you are crying. The dispute centers around artist pay, generative AI, and online safety. TikTok fired back, saying it has been able to reach artist-first agreements with every other label and publisher. Uh, yeah, no, they just want more money as a company, for sure. I won't be able to promote my music on TikTok anymore, but luckily I'm not a TikTok artist, right? On Triple J. Yeah, definitely want to hear your thoughts on this one. Do you think Universal's done the right thing here? Sticking up for artists? Or do you think it's way too over the top? Would you still use TikTok without some of your favourite music? And if you are an artist that relies on TikTok for exposure, maybe, what's your take on all of this? You can call in 1300 055536. Message in as well, 0439757555. Actually, I've got a better question. Is there something else that you would love to be pulled from TikTok? Maybe not the music from Universal. Maybe it's something else, an annoying trend that needs to go. Makeup tutorials, clout chasers, giving away cash. Should I double it for the next person? Those people. What do you reckon? 0439757555. Let me know what you'd like to see go. I want to ask the Shake Up crew. We're chatting with political reporter Sarah Eisen and comedian Lewis Garnham. Lewis, has Universal pulled off one of the biggest flexes of all time? What do you reckon? It does feel like that. It literally feels like a group of powerful people in a room sitting across the table from another group of powerful people and one group being like, you're bluffing, and the other group being like, no, let's just go through with this because... F them kind of thing. That's what this feels like on the surface to me. And I think it's really unfair to their smaller artists to to um, not be able to have their music on TikTok. Well, it's interesting you said that because a musician actually did post something saying, I feel like a person standing between two colliding planets. And I think that's what a lot of the smaller artists would be feeling. Sarah, what do you reckon of this? Like, how do you think it's going to play out? I mean, I think you both make a good point on this. There's so much of TikTok. A lot of artists are using it as a platform to launch their music. I know a lot of songs I'd literally never heard until I was on TikTok and they were being used in um, in videos uh, for a certain kind of, you know, whatever it was, a dance or a sketch or whatever. And then I got really addicted to the song and then I got addicted to the artist and then I listened to all of their music. And that's a whole new way of people exploring um, music and art, which has been really interesting and a new phenomenon, right? So for that to suddenly be 
not just disrupted, but like it's pretty cataclysmic in terms of just how huge these two groups are, how many people Universal Music Group um, represents and what that means to that, I suppose, business model that's only recently been established by different music artists, big and small, uh, in terms of TikTok and, and new audiences and, and getting popular in a different way. Um, so I think... It's a huge disruption, I reckon, at the end of the day. Yeah, well, we, we were speaking to Zan Rowe about it earlier in the week and she said, well, one of the concerns for TikTok would be if other labels ended up following suit. And, I mean, some others have uh, reached agreements recently, so it's unlikely to happen, but... Uh, who knows, with the power of these big labels, they are powerful. And that's the other thing that's interesting that I've been noticing in a lot of the commentary around this is a lot of musicians say, oh, it's interesting that the this big label is now saying, we are standing up for musicians, when in the past, there's been all these incidents of artists saying that the labels have been taking them for a ride and haven't been getting uh, much out of it, have been completely exploited. Do you think, Lewis, it's going to change people's social media habits, that if music goes, that people are going to get off? I'm, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think social media is like the strongest force in the world pretty much at the moment. And I think that um, I think that, that that's such a good point about, I, I think the, the uh, music company, they're, they're not, I, I would say, worried about their artist and the sanctity of their music. They're, they're worried about their pockets and um, their wallets and... Yeah, I think that TikTok, there's a lot of negative things we could say about TikTok, but I do think it is good for um, young artists trying to get discovered and having a way around like the mechanisms of the music industry, which would be hard to navigate. Um, there's some quirky parts of all this as well in the sense that people are trying to get around this pull of all the music so they're using the glee version of songs to get around it like covers are apparently okay are you all for that sarah <laughs> glee saves the day that's kind of incredible isn't it um yeah look i guess some people probably will find a way around it in a way if there's a song you love and you want to do a, a, a video to it like i'd be interested to see can you something i still have to explore myself is can you have that music playing in the background or on a speaker and just have the video being mm. recorded and uploaded i still haven't gotten to the bottom of that because right now it's just about pulling music but um you know meta definitely has the um technology that if it detects you're using a song and you do it for too long it's a copyright issue so i don't think it's out of tiktok's um you know toolkit to do that but i just do think there are a lot of ways around that people will do whether it's whether it's glee i guess or whether it's something else and it'll be interesting to see i think yeah i agree with uh, lewis on this about a big label i was almost more comfortable when there were individual musicians taking their music off like spotify last year that was happening a bit but that was a musician making a decision for themselves and they were obviously huge musos at the time right mm. whereas this is a group and a record label sort of making the decisions for for everyone yeah. so that's why i think it's so wide reaching you know we've got a few messages coming through someone says tiktok just needs to go that was from lucas in brisbane pretty clear there don't like it go Uru. Someone else says, there's no point to discovering new music if artists aren't getting paid for their art at the end of the day. Another opinion there. And Jeremy says, more room for unearthed artists. Oh. Well, hopefully, we'd love to see that. Hey, it's time to move on. Hack. Well, best friend, Queen Margot Robbie has broken her silence about her Oscar snub girl. <laughs> and let me tell you something. She was a whole class act. On Triple Jack. <laughs> we love the Margot Robbie news. Whenever it pours through, we're like, oh, could we love her anymore? 
Have you ever walked into a room and accidentally heard everyone talking about you? I know it's happened. Maybe you were added to a group chat with a long, awkward history that people forgot that you could read. You were mentioned in it. Or you were accidentally sent a message about yourself. I feel like this is something we can all relate to, even Margot Robbie. Apparently, she recently busted a group of guys talking about her in a pub in Scotland for half an hour. They were pulling her career apart, talking about Barbie, and they had no idea that she was sitting next to her. She's sitting next to them, sorry. So what did she do? She walked up, she thanked them for watching Barbie and then walked off, like a scene from a movie. Perfect, chef's kiss. I want to hear your best eavesdropping story. When have you overheard a discussion about yourself and destroyed the people who were doing it? Call in one three hundred O triple five three six. You can message in too O four three nine seven five seven triple five. Time to ask some pretty bitchy people. Shake up crew Sarah Ison and Lewis Garnham. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> You're probably talking about me now while I'm talking. Turned your mics off, having a bit of a chat. Sarah, what do you think of this move by Margot? Oh, it's just great. Can you imagine if this happened to you, if you were the Scottish guy in the, in the pub? That's all I was thinking. Wouldn't like it. I just, I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it would just blow your, your little Scottish mind. I think <laughs> it's class and it's just so fun to someone walking up. And I think I've seen this scene in an old movie. I think it was in Notting, Notting oh, Hill. Oh, makes sense. That literally happened in Notting Hill. That's mm. right. They were, these guys were talking about her, the actress, mm. played by... Julie Roberts, I think, and she walks up and is like, hey, boys, and it was a whole scene. <laughs> it was a burn. I loved it, just like I love this. Lewis, has this happened to you? Uh, no, this has never happened to me, but I just want to agree with Sarah. You're like, I'm not I a Hollywood superstar, so exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But... <laughs> <laughs> Close. Um, I, it's funny. I reckon, like, it's one of those ones where, like, yeah, they were probably, like, they were probably talking a lot of shit. But as soon as they saw it, like if they'd seen her in that pub before they started that conversation, they all would have been like, oh, my God, we love you. Oh, my God. Do you know what I mean? It's so it's like keyboard warrior stuff except in real life. Well, I guess it's kind of probably refreshing for her in a sense. She's like, well, what do they actually think of me and what do they think of the movie? I don't want people to just, you know, pump me up and tell me uh, what I want to hear. I want to hear the actual truth. And so she's got a bit of a taste of it. Margot did say there was a bit of a divide of opinion. Some people were all for Barbie. Some people hated it. I am just interested in people's experiences though and the paranoia that can creep up when you're worried that people are talking about you. Uh, Producer Hannah sometimes, she has a a typical move, a signature move where she'll walk out of the hack office but then return 10 seconds later just to catch us unawares and she's like, stop talking about me just to see just to test the waters. I had a friend as well who on his first day um, at a big like news program at the ABC got onto a Zoom meeting and the boss and the anchor, I wish I could say the name, can't, but they were on this meeting, didn't know he was there and just started ripping him apart and it was his first day. They're like, oh, he's incompetent, he's no good, uh, not going to be great, maybe we should get rid of him and then he had to pretend he wasn't there and then as everyone else joined the meeting was like, boom, boom, and like, morning, like, hi, everyone. Oh so it does God. happen. That's horrible. It does happen. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. So Sarah, I, I once... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. go, Lewis. I, 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 this is, like, a bit dark, but I was once in a cafe <laughs> and um, a couple came in and then and they were talking to the barista. They knew him well sort of thing. And then the barista said to the man... Um, who was like ordering his thing he said oh go outside for a second I'm going to talk to your wife about your 40th because we're you know we're doing a little surprise or whatever and then on the guise of 
him and her talking about the 40th birthday, oh. the, the guy went outside and then they were like really flirting oh. and like talking about oh. catching up later that week and stuff. And then I was going to go up to the guy. That's I didn't like know a what to do. Citizen like, arrest I situation. Like. And then I was like sort of grappling with it, like this inner turmoil, but then he came back in and I didn't ever get an opportunity. Lewis, and then you just like <laughs> slotted it into your to your routine, into yeah, your show. Yeah. You're like, oh, that'll make a good story on the shake-up one day, yeah, actually. Yeah, that up on hack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many How messages coming that? through. Nah, it's not good. And we don't want to be saying bad stuff about people at the end of the day. Mm. Let's all try and be nice. But if you are going to talk about other people, just take a look around the room first. Hey. That's all we've got time for. It goes so fast, the shake-up. So fast. It goes so fast, Sarah. How was your first one? Oh, so much fun. Too much fun. <laughs> Too much fun, right? <laughs> yeah, Big great. thanks to the shake-up crew, political reporter at The Australian, Sarah Ison. Good luck with the huge week in politics at Parliament House next week. Jeez. We'll be thinking about you. I'm sure we're going to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, mate. And comedian Lewis Garnham, thank you. Good luck with your show and everything else. Appreciate you coming on the shake-up. Thanks, Dave. I love chatting with you. Hack. On Triple Jack. Yeah, big thanks again to Lewis Garnham and Sarah Ison and the hardworking hat crew for another huge week. We're going to be back next week. Have a great couple of days off. If you have a couple of days off, if you're working, enjoy that too. I'll catch you soon. See ya. Hack. Hack.